another CornerCast podcast. I am your host, Khalil, and we're here on Caster's Corner. Um, so this week's podcasts, I mean, you've seen me do this before. It's not unusual. It's kind of how I started getting back into podcasting again, which means there's no guests tonight. It's just me. So I feel a little bit like I'm just going to rant, um, talk about some stuff that's going on. I know I've been talking, like dropping hints about some stuff. Not hints, but like I've been bringing stuff up and saying it's, it's a much bigger conversation. So I guess I guess what I'm going through um, is I feel overwhelmed. And the weird part about this is... I know I got to stop smacking. The weird part about this... Is that um, I don't even know where to start. I think the weirdest part about this whole thing is that I never imagined that I would be where I was, where I am today. We talked, I talked with my girlfriend at lunch today, and we were talking. Um, Oh, she's going to kill me. I can't remember the beginning of the conversation because there was a lot going on. Um, but the end of the conversation was kind of how I feel. I've been doing this for a really long time. And, oh, we were talking about stand-up because we were watching The the Marvelous Miss Maisel. And we were talking about some stand-ups or some comedians who kind of skipped over. See, I'm using what you, what you told me how they skipped over kind of like the club scene. They went from a couple appearances here and there to just right away comedy album and then their comedians on TV. I think the example was Bob, um, not Bob Hope, God, Bob Newhart. And we talked about a modern day one, which was a YouTube star, Bo Burnham. And I mean, I've heard some things about Bo Burnham before, but don't really know much about him. But there is this... Um, mystique that has been about professions for a really long time and the idea that you have to put in your dues that you have to do a certain amount of work or go through the approved way of doing something um i mean that's never been more evident than in teaching i mean the idea that you have to go to college and pass all your courses and then take teaching courses because they're going to teach you how to teach. But I think when you get into a classroom, you realize, well, everything they taught us, 90% of it, screw it. It's out the window. It, it doesn't work because you're teaching us theory. We need um, practical applications. And maybe you might be able to explain how some things hit certain themes, but when it comes to teaching, there is, I mean, there. I'm sure there are wrong ways. There are wrong ways. Um, but you have to find your own way. Uh, doctors, we want doctors to follow, you know, a procedure about getting to operate on you or cure you or diagnose you. But I think with some of... These other professions, um, whether it's history or teaching, uh, journalism, 
podcast broadcasting. Um, like, why do I have to sit in a class and learn about it? There might be some things like maybe if they taught you about the business, about advertising. I mean, I have no idea about advertising, um, but and I have no idea about um, web design. And, you know, those are weak spots. But if I think about all the places that I've worked in the past, they hire a marketing person. They hire a graphic designer and a webmaster. So the idea that I've got to know all of this, it's not realistic. I mean, you know, I've got to hire somebody. I mean, I could teach myself. I mean, I built the original website all on my own. And I realized something when I built it going all the way back to 2006 and you know I've told the story on the podcast before but refreshing and refreshing and refreshing web pages um, for toy fair and not being satisfied with how fast information was coming out of the show and I mean back then there was no <laughs> there were no cell phones that were taking pictures and posting them there was no Instagram um, Facebook was barely a thing you had to go to message boards. You had to go to websites. You had to wait for them to get back to their hotel rooms and plug in uh, and upload the photos. And now everything's at the touch of the button, uh, a touch of a button. So, I th- there are very few things my ex-wife has done in a positive way. I can probably spend the next two hours talking about all the problems that she has as a person. Anyway, um. No, I'm not. I don't have feelings about that at all. No, but um, a couple of things she did well, or did that were positive, was she started a personal blog. She started talking about our family. Um, and I figured, well, shit, if she could do it, I certainly could do it. And I stayed up all night, and I built a website. And I wrote an article. And it wasn't a very good article. But it was basically just saying, I'm here. And I'm going to do this. And I had no idea what the hell I was doing. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. All I knew was that I wanted to be part of this. And I wanted to be the guy in the room. And for the past uh, 13, 14, going on 14 years, um, I've been the guy in the room. But that attitude that I've had about that has changed because it's no longer about being the guy in the room. It's about elevating the people around you. It's about encouraging the people around you. It's finding that spark and not exploiting it, but nurturing it. Um, making those connections with people. So, since 2006, I've been doing this website. And in 2007, I got approved for a Toy Fair badge. And then two years later, yeah, two years later, no, one year later, 2008, I went to my first San Diego Comic-Con. And, I mean, it was <laughs> it was hell. Um, but it was also just utterly amazing. I mean, I met the cast of Burn Notice. Um I don't think I met white collar a lot that year. I think that was the next year. Um, I met um, William Cat and Robert Kolb. And I met the greatest American hero. 
And I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I flipped my phone over acting like it was a recording device and just sat and talked to these guys. Um, I had no idea what was going on, but I, I faked it, got my way through. And I'm sure there are a lot of people that went to school for English and journalism and are saying I didn't belong in the room. Well, why didn't I belong in the room? Because the current structure of school and jobs say that I didn't pay my dues. Well, I did my research, and every year I get better, and I learn new things. And honestly, I think in a lot of ways, I'm a little bit ahead of the curve um, in some things. I'm, I'm behind the curve in other things, but I'm good at what I do. Like, there's no doubt in my head that I am good at what I do, and I realize that what I do really well is talk about stuff. I talk to my friends, I talk to, um, I randomly talk to people on the street sometimes, that may surprise some people, Um, or in the store, I should say. Um, I talk to people at cons sometimes, I mean, I've made friends, I made friends with DJ, I made friends with Jesse, and I can't wait until you guys see what we have planned. Um, We're doing a podcast next week, I don't know what next week's podcast is going to be, but... But the one after that, ah, it's just going to be, it's going to be fucking amazing. Um, so I've been doing this since 2006. And this isn't my farewell. This is not me saying, oh, like, look at me. No, this is me trying to revitalize it. It's me trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing here. Um, so where was I going with this? So, yeah, so, so the whole idea about me just not doing anything to kind of be part of this structure. I mean, I think in that case, I was ahead of the curve. I didn't wait for somebody else to, um, I'm going to play with this mic for a minute. Um, I didn't wait for somebody else to tell me it was okay to be on a website. I didn't wait for somebody to tell me it was time for me to um, start taking photographs. I taught myself how to use my camera. I taught myself how to build a website. I taught myself how to write. Um, Then through trial and error, I taught myself how to go to San Diego and how to go to New York Comic Con and how to go to New York Toy Fair. I taught myself how to do all these things. And I mean, no class is going to teach you how to do that. I mean, they might have told me, hey, you got to make some appointments or you're not going to get in the door for some of these places. But for the most part, that's what I did. I just walked up to booths at Toy Fair. I mean, I've told these stories multiple times, so it's not a surprise to a lot of you that have been listening to the podcast for a long time. And I've made a lot of friends throughout the years through it. Um, I think, well, Bill, I didn't make through the website. I'll, we, we met trading toys using that website that we don't say the name for. Um, but yeah, so... I don't know. I made friends with Brian from Fanboy Factor. Um, We've had an up and down relationship as far as being friends. Sometimes we're friends, sometimes we're not. Um, We're on speaking terms right now. I think that the the thing that comes in a lot with working with a lot of other sites is that people think... Sorry, I'm trying to get comfortable. Um, People think that there is a pie. And the toy community slash movie slash TV and all that, there is a pie. And if I happen 
to cut myself a piece. That means somebody else is not going to get it. And I think the reality of the situation is there are dozens, if not hundreds, if not millions of pies. And what I do with mine has nothing to do with yours. If I get a sample from a company, that does not mean that you're not going to get one. It means you've got to do the work and put in the work that you, that I have to get there. And I think that's a lot of the problem. I mean, I, I realized that recently because I started making friends or, or trying to talk to people at San Diego Comic-Con and, and Toy Fair and all that. Hey, I see you all the time. Hey, what are you up to? Hey, I really like the pictures you're taking. What are you doing to do that? Um, and it took a few years to get people to talk. <laughs> In, in all honesty, I had the greatest conversation with the guys from Toy Arc, and you know their pictures look amazing. They're fun shots. The ones with the dioramas and all the colors and everything look utterly amazing. Um, but we talked about how much time it takes them to edit and shoot those pictures, and it. I mean, they do so many that I just thought that it was easy. It's not. It's it's a lot of work. Um, so it made me feel better, to be honest with you, just to hear that. And then, you know, throwing out some ideas about how to uh, how to do some of them and sharing some of that. It was nice. It was really nice. I really like talking to those guys. Um, but then you get other websites that don't want to look at you, don't want to talk to you. You're in their way. You're going to take something away from them. Um, and I... Maybe if I had a few drinks in me, I might shout out to them, but uh, uh, one that will remain nameless. Um, there was an issue with his social media, and I followed him, and I realized that, hey, your links aren't working, or something was broken. You know, it's sending people to broken pages, and it's hard to get around navigate. Fixed it. Stayed in touch. You know, trade messages every once in a while. He asked me um, how to find a toy, because apparently he didn't know how to use BrickSeek. Um, I helped him out, taught him how to find it, even offered to buy the toy for him and send it to him. I had no problem with that, you know. Um, so a couple weeks later, we're, you know, we've been working with Mattel. We've been talking to them a little bit. Um, and I heard that there was a new rep. But I don't like to bug people that I'm friends with on Facebook and things like that that work at the companies. I, I don't want to bug them. It's not their department. And in a, in, you know, in a last ditch effort, I might reach out to them on a personal level, but I try not to abuse those relationships because they're very important. Um, so I said to him, Hey, just give me the guy's name. Like I know how Mattel's emails work. Just give me the guy's name. And I got a response. Oh, sorry. That we can't do. And I want to say, what the fuck? Like me knowing the gentleman's name is not going to take anything away from you. I'm not going to use your name. I'm not going to say, hey, you told me to do this. I have some discretion. I've been doing this for a long time. I'm not going to screw you over. I mean, it's a guy's name. I probably could have called corporate and asked for it, but you were there. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't get it. I don't get why... I mean, even Brian at the beginning was like, I can't tell you information. And I'm like, dude, like, I'm not trying to screw you over. I'm not asking you to do it for me. I'm just asking for the info, the guy's name. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. 
how to deal with that a lot of times because, you know, there are other people that I've met, um, Junior for one. Um, I met him on a toy hunt. A random person I met at Kmart looking at, I think, Marvel Legends. And within a day, he's bringing me toys. Um, no problem talking to him about toys. And I respect the boundaries. Like, I know that he knows stuff that he can't talk about. But I, you know, I respect those boundaries. Um, same thing with DJ. Same thing with Jesse. Even with Brian. Same thing. Um, we all know things. We all get to know things. And it's nice that we share it. But it doesn't mean... Um, I just wish we could be a community. And, and the reason I'm bringing up the whole idea of community is because um, somebody posted a picture on Facebook in one of the Marvel Legend collecting groups. And they just wrecked the guy. The guy was standing in an aisle holding a stack of 80th anniversary Captain America figures. I think he had five or six in his hand. The case. He took the case off the shelf and he's holding them. Now, we don't know that the guy went to the register and bought the thing. That's the first thing. Second thing, they took a picture of him, and they're trashing him online and saying that he's a horrible person for purchasing more than one figure. And I jumped in, and I said, hey, do you know that he bought those? And do you know what he did with them? And everybody just jumped all over me. And I said, well, because, and I responded with, hey, I have friends who also collect and I would buy them for them. Now, I'm not scalping it. I'm not jacking the price. I'm just picking up things for my friends. And I could I know that Jesse wanted one and I know that DJ wanted one. Um, Bill was looking for it and Junior was looking for it. So that's Jesse, DJ, Bill, Junior. Uh, Toy Shiz was looking for him and me. So that's six. So I easily could have walked out of Walmart with six of them. And everybody would have called me a scalper. And, and I was like, well, why can't I buy for my friends? And they honestly said in this thread, you're fucking over the community. And I said, so my friends aren't part of this community? And they were like, no, they if they're not there, they should get it themselves. I mean, the audacity, like, this is why we can't have a good thing. And this is why we get a bad name as collectors a lot of times in stores. Because we throw fits and we talk shit. And we trash everybody else. Hey, he got there. He got them. Good for him. It doesn't matter what he did with them. There's no limit in the store. Who cares? Work harder. Use that, Learn how to use BrickSeek. Make some friends. Maybe they'll buy stuff for you. Um, so I guess that's what's been on my mind this week. And um, just the idea of this whole thing that we're doing. It's it's hard. I was just watching Moneyball and they were talking about being told at some point in your life that you have to give up a kid's game. And I think we as collectors in this genre um, all feel that way. That at some point somebody's going to tell us, hey, we got to get up, give up kids things. But why? Why do we have to give them up? Maybe we have to decrease what we buy. Maybe the quality of the things we buy might increase and the prices might increase as well. Maybe we buy less, but we buy more expensive things. I bought a Nightwing statue this week for 150 bucks, And it's beautiful and it's gorgeous. And it's going to sit in a box until I have a space for it. But I have it and I love it. Um, 
but why? what's wrong with that? Why is that a bad thing? It's not. It's no different than a guy buying a car part. It's no different than a guy buying a new piece of electronics. It's no different than a guy buying a baseball jersey or 10 of them, whatever they cost. I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea what a baseball jersey costs nowadays. I didn't even know when, it, when I was little when I played baseball what they cost. Never mind now. But I know how much toys cost. Um, so why do we have to give it up? We don't have to give it up. We can enjoy it. Why can't we be a community? Um, and, I, and I keep saying I'm going to talk about giving up my collection um, soon. Because that's a, that's a bold statement to say. There's more to it. It is much deeper um, than that. But um, I guess I'll save that for next week. But yeah, I just the idea of community, the idea of helping each other out, the idea of being good friends to each other is something that I don't understand why it's so hard. I mean, I, I guess people think that, hey, if, you know, you're going to you're going to screw them over, you're going to take something away from them, but I don't know. I think we'd all be better in this community of collecting if we all worked together, if we all did things together. But we don't, right? We all want our piece of the pie. So I guess my goal is to continue to elevate and help people do what they want to do. Um definitely working with Jets, Jesse and DJ. Um, this weekend's going to be great. We're going to do an in-person one. That's all I'm going to say. We're doing it in person. I will Instagram it. Um, we will post it. Little Geeks, MU Review, The Red Chair Show, Caster's Corner, together in one spot. I don't think this has happened in two years now. It's been two years, year and a half. Last year at Toy Fair was the last time I think the three of us were together. It's going to be glorious. We might have a few drinks in us too. Um... Yeah, no, I mean, why not? And, I mean, Bill and I talked it through when we were like, the website isn't working for the both of us. Bill needed to pull back. I mean, he's still doing stuff. We're still talking. We're still friends. I think we're actually better friends. Um, I think working with each other kind of put a lot of strain on the friendship and the relationship. And it was really sad to me um, because this website means everything to me. I mean, when I don't do things on it, when I take breaks, it really feels like I'm doing something wrong, like something, a piece of me is missing. And, uh, you know, after working with Bill on the website for so long, our priorities are so different, and that's okay, too. Um, and we talked about, you know, Bill has Bill's focus has shifted, and that's that's the best I can say. And I'm sure at some point I'll have him on the podcast and we can talk about it. So I don't want to tell everything that we talked about, but it shifted. And so he's doing a little bit with us, but not like the day-to-day like he was for a while, for years. I couldn't, can't thank him enough for all the work he's done and all the support he's given me. Um, but the friendship was important. They were still buying toys from each other. We talked all day today, going back and forth because I needed Emma Frost. Um, and I heard that she landed in Connecticut and New York. So like, I got to find one. I saw at least two people from Connecticut post them today. So I got to get out there and find her. Um, same thing with junior junior should drive me up the wall It is no secret. Junior should drive me up the wall. 
um, when he worked for me. Because Junior is Junior, and he will schmooze his way everywhere that he needs to, except when we make an appointment for things. So once I let that go, we've been great friends as well. Um, so I guess, so there's one thing I, I guess I haven't talked about yet. Um, and it was one of my experiences from San Diego Comic-Con and everybody has been saying I need to write it down or tell the story. So I guess I'm going to tell the story. So I guess sit up for this, take a drink, um, water. So we're going pretty good. Um, Okay, so, um, where do I even start? So a couple years ago, maybe not this winter, last winter, right? No, no, it was more, maybe it was more than that, Jesus. Um, Junior, (laughs) I told him not to do this, but he did it anyway. Junior bought me a Loyal Subjects Thundercat. Now, if anybody knows anything about the Loyal Subjects Company um, and the stuff that they put out, it is a royal pain in the ass. And I guess that's the only way you can put it. Because they sell things in blind boxes, or they did. And things being in blind boxes means that I'm going to pay $15 and not know what the hell is in the box. Now, there are maps to all the boxes. Or there were maps. I don't know if there still are. And... uh there are maps in those boxes and or of those boxes. And if you know the maps and you know where certain figures are in the box. So Junior taught me the map for Thundercats. And I systematically over like a four month period as the waves would come out, picked up and bought every single figure. The only one I didn't have was the Spirit Jaga. And it was mainly because I did not want to pay full price for it. Well, take that back. I would have paid $15 for it. I was not paying 75 because that little piece of plastic sure as hell is not worth 75 bucks, at least in my eyes. So I begged, borrowed, traded, hunted down every thunder, unique Thundercat figure that was made. I didn't go for all the costume variants and all the glow in the dark things, but I got original characters. So I've got the main Thundercats, Lino, Tigra, Panthro, Chitara. I've got both versions. Well, I have one version. I had one version of Jaga. I had both versions of Mumra. I had each of the mutants. I had Red Lino, and I had Phasing. And, oh, and and uh, Vulture Man, and I had Phasing. Um, oh God, Phasing Tigra, and then I tracked down Slide. I tracked down a new version 2011 or 2000 yeah 2011 version of Lino and Panthro I never got Chitara because again I am not chasing that one out of 96 so I got all the figures I wanted I have a nice little collection they are in a box somewhere in my basement buried and to help me I know I'm going a long way so to help me find these Thundercats I joined a Facebook group the Loyal Subjects Facebook group And let me tell you, if you want to talk about a negative community or a community of people who act like assholes, you should check out that that one on Facebook. And yeah, I'm going to use that language and yeah, I'm going to say that out loud because I did nothing 
to anger them, except tell them what was going on as I found things or got things. And we'll get into that. And they just jump all over it just as much as those idiots in the Marvel Legends group did to me the other day. So, um, so fast forward. I don't, I don't really collect. I, I grabbed a couple of the He-Man ones. Um, I walked into Hot Topic one day. I wrote a whole blog post about it. I am not going to go into it again. But there's this whole thing about the new blind boxes aren't taped shut. Blah, 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 blah. And I walked in. Employees had all the boxes opened. I picked which ones I wanted. And then promptly got trashed for purchasing them because I saw what was in the blind box. Anyway. So it was this long back and forth. Even the president of the company jumped in at some point and said something, and then they deleted the post. So I wrote the blog post because I saved some of the quotes that people were sending me, and they were sending me personal messages of hate. Um, so I know how much these toys go on the market because I turned around and I sold them off. My car broke down, and you know what? I knew how much they were worth, so I sold off my variant He-Man ones. Now... I went to San Diego Comic-Con. They have a party. It's called Fan Jam. And knowing that their exclusives and their prototypes and all that are worth money, I thought, hey, this isn't a press event. I'm going to buy a ticket, which I bought on the website. And whatever I get there, I'm going to sell it. I'm going to lower the price on eBay or whatever and just let it go and see what happens. Great. Maybe it'll pay for San Diego Comic-Con. Awesome. That would be amazing. Now, what happened next, I did not expect. It was, oh, it was god-awful. And I probably need to tighten the story up because I've been going for, I don't know, five minutes and I haven't gotten to a joke yet. Or I haven't gotten to, like, the funny parts yet. So, okay. So, San Diego Comic-Con, Fan Jam is about to happen. I think it was Saturday night. Junior was supposed to have a ticket. And then at the last minute, he calls and says, hey, guess what? They canceled my ticket. They oversold. So I was like number 141 or 143 out of 140, and I don't get to go. So now I'm going to this event all by myself. All right, fine, whatever. It's free food. It's open. It's free bar um, or a limited number of drink tickets. So I get to drink. And... Um, I get food and then I'm going to get a nice goodie bag of figures and maybe a prototype or two. And then great. It'll be a great night. All right. Don't know anybody at the thing. Let me just preface that. So I walk the mile to the event, get there on time. They're running late. So I'm standing in line and this kid, this guy, he's not a kid. He's probably my age or a little bit older. Instead of standing behind me in line, he stands next to me and then proceeds to try to cut in front of me in line. Now I'm standing there the whole time texting, watching him inch forward, inch forward, inch forward, trying to make small talk with the guys in front of me to the point where he's hitting me at this point. He's moving his arms, he's gesturing and bumping into me. I'm not a person that's going to fight, but I felt that a rage inside of me and I'm looking at him and I'm looking at him and he's wearing a Freddy t-shirt you know like Nightmare on Elm Street Freddy he's got that striped shirt on um, and he's telling everybody about how good his collection is and he's talking to this girl who I guess he's brought with him bought a ticket for her she has no idea what this is she has no idea what's going on he's trying to explain it to her she's looking like he looking at him like he has a third head 
She's asking him, are these the same people that you made me meet last time? It was so awkward. Finally, he gets behind me because she's standing behind me, clearly, and he wants to stand with her. So I'm standing there, and I'm waiting. Instead of opening the doors on time, they opened half an hour late. So I'm standing there, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. Finally, they start letting us in. So I get in and go through the line, get up to order a beer, because all they have is beer and wine. Fine, I'll drink a beer. Guess what? They kicked the two kegs that I wanted to drink, and all they had left was IPA. I hate IPAs, so I was like, well, I guess I'll just take a lemonade. So I get my lemonade. I find a table. I look around the whole restaurant, get the find a table that doesn't have anybody in it, sit down, start having the drink, start texting people, telling them what's going on. Okay, I'm texting my girlfriend. I'm texting Junior as this is all going down. I'm sitting next to this very nice couple. I don't know if they were a couple. They kind of seem like a couple, but they seem like friends. I don't really know. So they're sitting next to each other, and they're talking, and small talk. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Have you been to this before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No? Okay. Guy sits next to me. Cool. Fine. So I'm sitting at a two-person table. Out of nowhere, a guy who I think was either on Coke or Speed, comes over with this girl who looks like she was on another drug because she was, oh God, um, she did not, her eyes were drooping. She just looked like she was high. And uh, she's wearing a Batwoman costume and he's kind of, I don't know, he's just, he's screaming and yelling and, and do you want this? Do you, anybody sitting here? Can I sit there? Can anybody sitting there? Okay. Are you're not sitting there. Are you sitting there? Do you have friends? Do you want to sit here? Can we sit here? Can she sit here? So he made it seem like he was just going to sit here, here and leave her and go somewhere else, which really seemed weird to me. All of a sudden from across the restaurant, he comes running back with two chairs and sits down across from me. Well, that's when the night began. And he just kept talking a mile a minute. You got to do this and you got to do that. You got to do this. You got to do this. And then Mr. President of the company gets up and says, now it's time for our first contest. Now, mind you, I've been there 45 minutes to an hour already. We have not eaten yet. Okay. All I've had is three lemonades at this point. I hadn't drinking all day, so I was super thirsty. So the waitresses at least were nice. The restaurant itself, the staff was very nice. So the first contest comes up. I guess we have to make dioramas. None of this was announced in the description of the ticket. It just said party games. I looked to my left. I looked to my right. Two giant tables broke out fucking dioramas of their own. They brought them. They made them. Wherever they live, they packed them in their suitcase and they built them either here or at home and then set them up to win a contest. For what? I don't know. So now I'm looking around and the guy across from me, the guy on Coke or Speed or whatever it was, is talking a mile a minute, the, is running around trying to find a charger for this woman that he's with. Do you have a charger? Do you have a charger? Now, this game's going on. He's running around. It's this mess. And I thought, oh, her phone must be dying. She needs it for the rest of the day. No, she needed to play Pokemon Go. And I mean, honestly, at Comic-Con, of course she needs it to play Pokemon Go. But, like, if your phone's dying, maybe don't play Pokemon Go. So she borrows a battery from somebody, like, three tables away because the guy just pressured them into using it. She's charging her phone. She's playing the game, which means she's not really charging her phone. She's just using the power 
as it comes out because Pokemon Go sucks so much power. And then they announce what the game is in the diorama, and the guy looks at me, and he goes, oh, I guess these three two-person tables are all going to get together. And the guy next to me, who sounded like he was from New York, looked at the guy, and he goes, we're good. And the guy looks. No, 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 we have to be ta- We have to be. We have to be partners. We have to work together. We have to work together. This is part of the thing. We really want to win. We're gonna win something. Blah 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 blah. And the guy looks. He goes, "Don't touch my stuff. We're good." So he's like, "Okay, I guess me. It's the three of us." And then the table next to us, who also looked. The guy next to me was fine, but the other guy looked a little rough. So, he reaches for my bag because I guess we have to use our toys <laughs> to make this diorama. And I grab my bag and I'm like, I don't open them. I'm not opening these. And he's like, no, you have to for the game. And I'm like, then I don't want to play the game. He's like, no, you have to play the game. This is part of the night. And I go, I don't want to open these because honestly, I'm going to sell them. I'm going to flip them. I'm going to get rid of them. I don't want a clear white walker with a stamp. I'm not collecting Game of Thrones. If it was Thundercats, I might have kept it. I don't need Game of Thrones. And honestly, I'm not opening my stuff. You don't get to touch my stuff. So he freaks out. He starts trying to grab stuff from other tables. He's talking really fast. Finally, he gets a couple of things. They put it together, and they just put the figures in a circle. And Mr. Important, president of the company, comes over and starts talking to the guy. There's video of this, by the way, of this guy. If you want to know, it's the Loyal Subjects Facebook group, and it's the diorama walkthrough. And about, I don't know, five minutes in, you'll see the guy who acts like he's on coke. It's Predator being predators is what they called their diorama because they took somebody else's cup. They try to take my cup too. Um, and they poured stuff in it and they made it look like blood. It was just this thing. And she pulled out a Batwoman figure somewhere randomly out of her purse. And she looks like she's about to pass out and he wants me to do more and help and blah, blah, blah. And you can watch me. I'm on my phone in this video. It's really great. Um, so now we're going on an hour and a half and they still haven't fed us yet. There's still no beer because they really did kick the kegs and there's no more beer for me. So I'm sitting there. I'm pissed. I'm sober. I'm hungry. I haven't eaten all day because it's Comic-Con and I didn't have time to. Uh, maybe I had a snack in the press room. Um, and they announced the winners. And, of course, they're the ones with the built dioramas that are around us. One of them was made out of ramen. One of them was made out of tape boxes from other lines of Loyal Subject stuff. I'm sitting there going, all right, great, we can eat. And then they announce that the person that comes in third place gets to eat first. The person that eats that came in second place gets to eat second. And the third table gets to the first, first, first place people get to eat third. And then they'll dismiss by table like we're a fucking wedding. So I'm looking at my watch. At this point, it's two hours. I haven't eaten. We're going on two and a half. I haven't eaten. I haven't anything to drink. The guy's talking. She's nodding off. He's talking about his wife. This is clearly not his wife because he's talking about his wife. And all of a sudden, I just look. I'm texting everybody. I'm texting Junior. I'm texting my girlfriend. And they're all like, leave. Just leave. Finally, I'm like, you know what? I can't. I look at the guy next to me with the woman who is nice to me. And I look. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Oh, I forgot to tell you. In the middle, the two crazies got up and they asked me, do I know them? And I was like, no. And they're like, oh, God, help you. Um, I look over and I go, I, I can't. I can't do this anymore. I'm like, would you like my raffle ticket? And they're like, okay. I'm like, would you like my drink tickets? They're like, sure. And I'm like, good luck. God help you. I get up to walk out. Crazy's still talking. Mile a minute. She's nodding off. I walk out. 
walk, you know, 15, 20 minutes. I'm on the phone detailing this whole thing to Junior. Get on the trolley. Get finally, just make it one of the restaurants is closing. They overcharge me for all the food. I get back to my room. And sure enough, I get sick because the food wasn't good. It was really shitty food. Um, so all in all, this cost me 75 bucks for the stupid ticket, another 30 to 40 bucks for dinner because it's California and pasta and a bunch of garlic bread cost me 40 bucks. Um, I get back to my room. I look up online and the goddamn figure that I got in that bag isn't worth shit. It barely covers dinner, never mind the ticket. So now I'm stuck with this figure and this poster that nobody wants to buy. Everybody's giving me shit about it. And I am completely over and done with loyal subjects because that was the biggest shit show I've ever been part of. Um, I'm sure there's a better way to tell the story. I'll work on it. Maybe I'll say it again when I actually, you know, work it through and tell more people and get through it. Um, or maybe I won't. Maybe this will be it. But it was just, it was a night from hell. And actually, honestly, as press, the way that that company has treated us over the past few years, I'm not really happy with their leadership or what's going on. And I, I, I don't feel like I need to cover it or, or collect it anymore. I'm selling off everything. I'm getting rid of all my He-Man figures. I'm getting rid of everything I got there because it just, it turned me off to the whole thing. Um, I also heard that they ran out of food at some point, I think. So it was just, okay. I will stop. I'll never go to another event like that again. So on that note, next time, I'll probably talk about me getting rid of some of my collection, why I'm doing it, what it means, and and, and what got me here. But uh, And then we'll have Jesse and DJ and maybe Ryan and the crew at Little Geeks uh, to talk about their experiences. We got some fun stuff coming up. And so thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Let me know your thoughts on community in this whole collecting world. And, oh, that's right. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I forgot. I don't have an intro. Um, Remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. We're at Caster's Corner, casterscorner.com. And remember to visit our sponsor, Mike's Comics and Stuff, uh, for all your Marvel Legends and uh, Mezco and everything else needs. We, We get a lot from him. Um, thank you to Hasbro for all sending everything over and remember to rate review, review and subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, on Google play and on Apple iTunes podcast app. And, uh, I guess that's it. We'll see you next. We'll see you next week. Um, we got a lot going on. I'm just, I'm trying to keep my head above water and get everything up on the site. Um, so bear with us as I get through this and hope you enjoyed and we'll see you next week. 